You're listening to Mile High Wide Web for your listening flesh. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in Atlanta, it's fall. (laughs) We went from summer, summer, summer to fall, and I am so looking forward to my first fall here in Atlanta. And the cool thing is my guest today is the first business connection I made down here in Atlanta, and I am so excited to have him on. Welcome, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing great, Deb. How are you? Oh, not bad. A little chilly. You know, we went from 70s to a little cooler today, but I can deal with that. Let me go ahead and and give Eric's bio because it's a a fun one and great fun uh, we're going to have today. And I also wanted to at some point talk about how Eric and I connected because it was 100% through social media. So we'll get into that pretty soon. But Eric is the Director of Business Development and Business Strategy for Mighty 8th Media. He enjoys working with clients to provide direction and to solve challenges business owners face in getting their best foot forward. It is definitely a different world today than any time in the past. Without leaving the comfort of their home, anyone can look at your business online via the computer or more more commonly a smartphone, and now more than ever, first impressions matter most. Eric helps business owners to arm themselves with enough information to make themselves dangerous without overwhelming them at the same time. He is also a networking nerd, see, told ya, um, and he is slightly obsessed with LinkedIn. He found his way to Atlanta by way of Nashville, and we'll have to ask if he can sing a tune or two for us. Um, he went to, he graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree from Middle Tennessee State University with a major in psychology and English. Ooh, those are scary, scary combination. Um, prior to starting Mighty Eighth, he worked as the national account executive for Lucas Group in the military transition division, as well as having a long career as a small business district sales manager for ADT Security Services. In both of those prior roles, he helped his clients by either helping place military veterans on their teams in technical roles or helping them protect their life, property, and profits with electronic security. So I bet you have some pretty definite uh, uh, thoughts when it comes to security online. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Well, Eric is a member of the Church of Buckhead in Atlanta, the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, the Buckhead Business Association, and the Buford Business Alliance. He also serves on committees for nonprofits, including Artworks Gwinnett and the Edge Connection. He lives in Atlanta with his wife, Kristen, and their two feline kids, and a crazy labradoodle. Now, see, this is why I like Eric, because I have the house full of furry critters, too. So welcome, Eric. This is very cool. I'm so glad that you're able to join us. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Perfect. Well, first, tell folks a little bit about Mighty Eighth, and definitely tell us how we can find Mighty Eighth website, because, you know, I do this for a living. I look at hundreds of websites, sometimes it seems like every day, and I have to say your website is definitely one of the best I have ever seen. 
Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And you know, and obviously, you know, one of the one of the things that we do at Mighty Eight is we do websites, so we have to make sure that we have something good out there. Otherwise, people will kind of laugh at us when we ask them to uh, give us money <laughs> to create websites for them. So we have to definitely put our best foot forward, so to speak, in that category. But um, and really, to kind of uh, some Mighty Eighth up is uh, we're storytellers. So, you know, we look and see what your story is, and then we find the best way to tell it. And we really believe that, you know, in today's age that technology is great, but at the end of the day, people really want to do business with other people. And, you know, obviously that's why social media is so huge, but that's how we really conduct our business. We want to make sure that we create a a message in that story so that people not only remember it, but they understand what it is that you're trying to say so that they, you know, have the, have enough information in their mind to say, okay, this is someone that I want to do business with. And that's what we do for our, for our clients, basically, is tell their story so that people can remember it and it drives people to you to do more business. Great. Well, and that's a perfect analogy to say that we should be telling stories because, you know, so many times we see a business, whether it's an advertisement or a post on Facebook or, you know, a tweet or, you know, something like that, where it seems like the red neon lights are flashing, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. And we're like, ew, no, mm, go away. We need to tell those stories, you know, why someone can benefit from the product or service that we have. And and get people to know and like and trust us, and then they will buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, or at least refer us to their friends. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that you know, especially in the the world of uh, you know marketing in general, there's so many different ways now that people can get that buy from me, buy from me, buy from me kind of um, that message coming through. And you know, it, you get bombarded with it so much that if you don't do it in such a way that either doesn't come across as the constant buy from me uh, repetitiveness, but as it comes across in a certain way, you want to be able to remember that and kind of gravitate towards it so that next time when somebody says, hey, I want to, you know, I'm looking at buying a new TV, you think, oh, wait, you know, Samsung had this really funny commercial. And and you notice a lot of commercials and a lot of things these days, it, it almost seems that they don't really have anything to do with the product, but they do try their best to become as memorable as possible, like the uh, like the Volkswagen commercials that have come out over the last couple of years during the Super Bowls and stuff. Oh, the little Darth Vader you know, kid. Yeah, I mean that was that's such a memorable thing. And even before that that was released on the television, I think it had over a million views on mm-hmm. like YouTube and things like that. And that's just it's unbelievable because. In today's market, people really choose the way that they are sold to, and that choice is being made based on whether it's relevant to their interest, but also if it catches their attention. And that's why so many companies are, you know, utilizing the benefits of social media, but also really kind of looking more at this kind of grassroots marketing stuff to where, you know, you you see it, you like it, you want to be a part of it, and, you know, that drives you towards a certain product. Well, and I think that's why social media is so valuable because, you know, you you have a static website, which really, you know, there's not a lot of interaction there. That's where the meat and potatoes should be. You know, maybe that's the, in the story analogy, that is the true plot line of the story. But, you know, you use social media as a tool to develop your personality 
and then to drive people to uh, hopefully the website. You know, I it always it just makes me cringe when I have somebody tell me, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to have a website any longer. I'm just going to have a Facebook business page." I bet you hear that and you think, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Facebook and, you know, Twitter and Pinterest and LinkedIn and all of those things, they're fantastic tools, but one thing that you want to try to avoid, and this is, you know, we tell a lot of people this, is you want to you want to try to avoid actively throwing something in someone's face and trying to sell to them. What you want to do is you want to build yourself up as a thought leader within that community, whether it's on, you know, like I said, Facebook or LinkedIn or whoever, whatever social media group you're using, you want to build yourself up as a thought leader so that people look at you and go, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about or this company certainly understands what, you know, I understand what benefit they can be to me because I've seen the things that they've done with other people. But then when you when you do that, you want to always lead them back to your page, which then gives them, you know, some sort of call to action, you know, pick up the phone and call us or let us teach you how you can do these same things or whatever it might be. And I think that that's really important because today more than ever, people really choose the way that they're, going to be marketed to and you know like with um, all the different social media channels out there if if you're looking at something and you are involved in a conversation we'll say on LinkedIn then and a certain company constantly kind of says you know I really believe this this and this then you know you're going to you're going to gravitate more towards that company because you've connected with them on a more personal level whereas you know in the past marketers really said, you know, they really kind of spoke to a broad audience, and now they're really kind of gravitating towards speaking to that individual person and right. kind of putting themselves in new positions. So. Well, and of course, on especially, you know, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or any of those, those people want that information from you. You know, that's why they connected with you to some degree. I mean, you know, there are people who just click like or share all those various things, but you know, they came to you for that information. And the problem that I see business owners struggling with is the fact that they think that they have to be still 100% business on their page. And they can't have kind of that personal touch. I know that, that this is uh, what you advise clients in, and, and you even do postings for them, if I remember right. But how do you kind of walk that fine line between, you know, you give too much information away as a person, so then they forget, oh, this is also a business, and not, you know, not letting people know that, that it, this is a business run by people, and you're wanting to work with people in exchange? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it, it's definitely a, a fine line at times. But, you know, there's there's lots of ways to do that. And, in fact, something that we just did um, over the last month kind of did both of those things for us. They kind of allowed us to connect to everybody as individuals, but also to showcase some of the work that we've done and show some of the things that we're capable of here as a company. And, you know, and, and one of those things that we did was we worked with a national um, charitable organization called Dress for Success, well, they had an event here in Atlanta just last weekend on Friday and Saturday, and it was called Shop for Success. Well, we donated our time and our talents to create a website for them. Now, we, you know, probably today, most likely today or tomorrow, and then a couple of times throughout last month, 
we posted about it on our Facebook page. We're going to do a blog about it on our page. We're going to do some other things, but what it will do is people will look at that and they'll say, oh, these people are you know, real people here at this company. They care about the community. They care about things that are going on, and they've donated their talents. And so as they're reading that, they see, you know, this is what this organization does, but then they see, okay, Mighty Eighth put their time and their energies into finding out what that message is, finding out who, what type of people were going to be attending this event, and you know, crafting that message through graphical elements or through the words on the page, and then driving those people back to that event. So, um, you know, that's just one of many ways that we can, as a company, and I think anybody as a company can can showcase your personality and kind of the people that you are, but also showcase some of the work that you've done. Right. You know, and, and people want to know, you know, we'll go shop at, you know, say a big box retailer for our, our, our essentials and, and things like that. But when we're really wanting to develop a relationship with a company, we want to know more about them. You know, we want to know what nonprofit organizations they support. Maybe the ones we support might not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just mention Chick-fil-A and not say anything more about it. Sure. But, you know, it, it is a way for people to get to know the company. And some, in some cases they do decide, you know, that's not going to be who I want to do business with. But in so many more cases, they say that's a great company. Um, and I think that's where people, you know, who are on Facebook especially, and, and you can still do this on LinkedIn too, but they forget that that's what they need to be posting about on occasion. You know, they need to show their philanthropic side, their funny side. You know, I post cartoons and, and things like that on my business page, not terribly often. You know, certainly not more than once a day, but it's, it's a way for people to know that I'm kind of a little whimsical, funny person. You know, hopefully. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and, you know, and and uh, we found that, and we, we tell the same things to our clients that we work with, especially in, like, email campaigns and things like that. We, um, like, if we were to send out a company email in e-blast to, we'll say, a couple of thousand people that are, you know, signed up for our e-newsletter or something like that, uh, what we find is every single time we send that out, we'll send out usually maybe two or three different clients that we've worked with for that, that month, um, and we'll have like some sort of what we call a lifestyle um, event or something that basically says, hey, these guys at Mighty 8, they're really, really great people, and they like to have fun, and they love what they do. But every time we put one of those on there, whether we're celebrating someone's birthday or whether we had some sort of company outing, that part of that email has a um, – the data shows that that has probably an 80% higher chance of being clicked on than any other part of that email. And wow. people want to see that fun stuff. They want to mm-hmm. see that, you know, the company that they are reading about are their real people on the other end. And, you know, when, when I have people that, you know, call into you know, us to ask us about our services or I go out to meet people – they ask about stuff that they read on the blog that happened, you know, six months ago. So that means that they're reading deep into where our blog is to see kind of what we're doing and who we are and what our capabilities are. And they'll bring up someone's birthday from, you know, in February and say, Mm -hmm. oh, I really liked what you guys did with this, you know, lady's birthday at your office. And I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that was forever ago. And, Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is it's, it's fresh to them and that personality really stands out. And, you know, and a blog, of course, is kind of the first um, entry into this whole social media 
world that we live in now, and it just it really just showcases personality, and that's just so important. Well, let's talk about that. Talk more about why a business should do a blog and maybe who might write it and what they should be talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, a blog really presents the opportunity to, again, kind of focus on that personality, the, the company, the company's personality, individual personalities within the company, and, you know, that kind of thing. Because it's, again, going back to the importance of it, People want to believe that the people they're working with are real people. There's so much interaction today. There's so much information being thrown at you that people want to say, okay, great, you know, I, I want this company here to do my, you know, networking services, you know, for IT infrastructure, things like that, but also want to know that, you know, the owner is an avid ping pong player or something like that. And, and People really like to see that because then they say, "Oh wait, I love ping pong as well. This I, I can I can talk to this person, and you know I, I feel more comfortable because now instead of it being some you know faceless entity out there that I might possibly do business with and get my money to, now this is a potential friend, someone that I have something in common with. And blogs are really great because they allow you to do both of those things. They allow you to talk about great things that may be happening on a company level or maybe an outing that you had as a company, but they also allow you to talk about industry trends, whether, you know, in our case, it's marketing trends or it's working with a particular client or, you know, it's a client that comes to us and says, hey, we're having this trouble reaching this type of audience. How can you help us out? And we come up with a marketing campaign that allows them to effectively reach that audience but also, you know, be successful at it. And I think that um, those types of things are the pe- things that people want to read about. And I think that a lot of times what happens is, is um, companies either do one or the other, but they don't really do both. And I think that that's kind of the downfall sometimes because if you have a company that does nothing but talk about, you know, data and statistics on, um, you know, we'll say again in the IT world or something like that, there's a limited amount of people that are going to just really read through those. There's some people mm-hmm. that will read through every bit of them and they'll enjoy every second of it. But there's other people that are calling because they know they need this service. They don't understand it and they don't really need to understand it because eventually that's hopefully what they're going to be paying you for. <laughs> right. They want to know that they can get along with you and they want to know that when they're talking to you about something that they're going to be able to trust you. And that's where that real person type of you know entity comes in where you say okay this makes sense this this is good because this person understands me and they're again real people so that's where blogs are tremendously important on a business level well and it's funny because i always tell businesses you know that that i think blogging is good and it took me a year to do my own blog because i stumbled into the, or fell into the it must be absolutely perfect before i can post it trap and, you know, that comes back to work human. Now, you know, I, I really try and not have typos and, and things like that in my blog posts, but it it needs to be almost like a conversation, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, and I, you know, I know everybody writes differently, but the way I write, I write it in my head first. So I do see it as a conversation that I'm having with someone. And then, you know, it's short, it's sweet. I try for my posts to never be more than about 500 words long. 
But people definitely can get my personality out of my blog posts. I have kind of whimsical images, you know, all of those various things. But it is also a way for me to educate at the same time. Anyhow, I hope that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, and kind of looking back as to the way that people want to be marketed to these days, it's it's great to show that personality. I mean, it, it really is kind of the key factor that kind of separates, you know, you from tons of people in the world, and especially with your business, Deb. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're the uh, social media guru that, you know, rules the world. <laughs> but I think that... We um, wish. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what you told me, and I believe Yeah, yeah, and you believed it, so see, that worked. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you know, that, again, that personality is really key, and it's it's truly the driving force that's going to make people remember who you are and want to do business with you. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, it is one of those things that I do harp on is the fact that we work with people we know, we like, and we trust. And, you know, we get that from their personalities, you know, whether it's their Facebook posts or what they tweet. You know, I do want to see someone's professional side when I go to LinkedIn. But to me, then I start combining all of that. And I think, okay, this is somebody that if I don't, you know, maybe I don't uh, need their product or their service. But if then somebody says, gee, you know, who should, who can you refer me to? I've got that person that I can refer them to. And you can't get that just from a static website. Now, you know, that said, the Mighty Eighth website really is a good site where it shows your personality and some things like that. But you combine that then with the things that people see on your Facebook page and all of those other things. And that's where people really figure out, okay, this is who we want to work with. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and a great example kind of in that world is – like the Facebook page for Oreo, they have the greatest Facebook page and they have some of the funniest, most witty things in regards to, you know, the different, you know, marketing campaigns they come up with. And, you know, no one in the world can ever tell me any more than I already know in my heart and in my stomach and mind and everything else that I love Oreos. But, you know, they send out some things that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. And, from a social media perspective as, you know, a company that actually does social media for people, you know, we look at those types of things as, you know, this is fantastic because mm-hmm. um, a great example, a couple months ago when the Mars rover landed on Mars, they, um, you know, posted basically a an Oreo with uh, red icing with like, you know, the little rover tracks through it. And, you know, it said, you know, congratulations to the Mars rover or something like that. And, again, it had absolutely nothing to do with Oreo cookies, but they made it in such a way that people were like, oh, wow, this is clever. And that image that they posted on there got something like 300,000 likes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's 300,000 people that that Oreo brand is now thrown in front of. And if you can think if if their retail, you know, if their, uh, their sales went up by, you know, half a percent, then that's a pretty good success rate considering all they did was throw an image onto their Facebook page, which probably took them all of maybe an hour to figure out the idea and maybe an hour to come up with the image and then to post it on there. And then, I mean, it's it's such a great way to um, do something relatively inexpensive just as long as you get that message right and, you know, you can put it out there and people will gravitate towards it. People will send it to their friends. People will 
like it, and then that's huge. Right. You know, and it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at the Oreo pages as you mentioned that. It really is a fun way for them to reach people with their messages. You know, the, their post today was, I never dunk my Oreo cookies, said no one ever. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's the play on, on all of those, those things that we see. Yeah. They talk about their products and services, you know, or the, the products that they have, but they are having fun with it. You know, and, and it's, it, it pains me almost when I see a business that get so serious. Now, obviously, there are serious businesses, but a business that can have a lot of fun when they don't. Um, one of the best examples that I always refer to over and over again is the, the TV show Dallas. You know, I grew up when Dallas was on the first time and loved it. You know, everybody, I was one of those, you know, bazillion people who tuned in to see who shot JR. And, you know, so then when they had the, this new program this last summer, what they did with their Facebook page was great because you can go back in and post and, and date things prior to now, you know, so, so you can backdate your posts essentially. And, you know, whoever manages their page went back through to the old TV program and started posting things from there. And so they would say, you know, here is a picture of Sue Ellen doing such and such. And it, you know, it, it was from the TV show. When you do that, it appears on the timeline, it appears in the news feed, so people see that and they remember it, and then of course it goes back in and puts it in the, the right time chronologically. But that's a great way for businesses to go back through and talk about, you know, here's an award that we won five years ago. Here's, you know, a great new product launch that we had. Here was, you know, when we were proud to support breast cancer awareness, since, you know, this is October. All of those various things, you can go back in and backdate those posts and, and, and show them up again, you know, so that people really can see that. So for businesses who think, okay, well, I'm starting on Facebook today as of this date, you can go back and you can backdate those things and have fun with it. Be serious, you know, do all of those things, but give people that history of your company. And Oreo's having a lot of fun with that. The reason I brought that up, because it's their 100th birthday. Ah, Oreo cookie, 100 years. And and so they're doing a lot of things pertaining to that, which is, is really a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean... That's that's really the key is to just have fun. I mean, you know, because people love fun. People like to see that that side of a business. And I mean, um, one of the clients that we work with is a frozen yogurt company, and you know, they have right now they have four locations, and a lot of their um, a lot of their success has been through social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before they ever opened their doors, they had probably 1,500 people that were liking them on Facebook. And, you know, through the process, I mean, again, this is in Savannah, Georgia, which is a smaller town. It's not tiny by any means, but it's a smaller town. And then the um, the other stores that they have are in even smaller towns, but now they have probably over 13,000 people liking them on Facebook. Wow. And they're their Facebook has really driven their um, their business and the way that they sell and the way that they market to people. And, you know, when they came to us originally, they looked at us and said, you know, these are the people that we want to bring in. We want, you know, to market to, you know, teenagers, the people that can, you know, drive themselves in here, and we want it to be kind of a social area, kind of a hangout. And we said, actually, what you really want is you want to market to those teenagers, sure, but you also want to market to, you know, the younger audiences as well, because what's going to happen is you have someone that's 10 years old that obviously can't drive, or at least not legally, <laughs> then, you know, you can have those people say, I want to go here. And the next thing you know, you've got them 
them getting there by way of their parents. And, you know, so then possibly you have two other people that are buying the frozen yogurt. And then, of course, you have, you know, maybe they have brothers and sisters or whatever it might be. So I think that, you know, that kind of uh, interaction with the community and those types of people are really, really key. And it really drives the business. And one of the things that they also did that we kind of help them with is they do this thing that's a um, a uh, word of the day. So in their slow hours of the day, you can come in and you can say this, you know, particular word, and that word automatically gets you 10% off. Or they will do a um, they, this thing called Nifty 50, which, you know, for uh, the 10 minutes from, we'll say, like 4.50 to 5 o'clock, you know, everything's 50% off. Wow. And what it does is it brings people in in those slow hours in mm-hmm. hopes that, you know, typically there might not be anyone there at that time, but it brings people in so that they can, you know, hang out a little bit longer and they might invite their friends or whatever it might be. But, you know, that's the unique thing about things like Facebook and especially Twitter is it's right now. I mean, in the past, if you sent out a, we'll say a mailer and it had a coupon on it and that coupon went out and, you know, it hit 10,000 people. Well, you know, most of the people will either toss it in the trash or they will hang on to it and it'll expire or whatever it might be. But if you're following them on we'll say Twitter or Facebook, and you're looking at that right then and there, you can pop up with a sale that day. You know, Mm -hmm. it says, hey, come in right now within the next two hours, and you get this particular deal. And so, I mean, the the days of really marketing to, like, kind of that broad spectrum and saying, hey, this is what we have for you have been changed to, hey, this is what we have for you right now. So it creates Mm -hmm. that sense of urgency that makes you go, oh, you know what, I was going to go to this place today, but now I think maybe I'll go to this place because they're offering me this deal. And, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's almost like an instantaneous marketing culture that's kind of been created through all these different methods. Right. And how many times have we gone in someplace and I've looked on their Facebook page to see, do they have a, you know, a, a something, an offer that they're making today? I do it, you know, several times a week. And I know that people definitely do it on Foursquare. Oh, yeah. Cool. And- well, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about how we use LinkedIn as a business in particular, but also as a person, because I know that Mighty Eighth has a business page on LinkedIn. And I want to talk about how people can use that as a way to promote their, their businesses online. So great. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant You're listening to Mile High Radio MileHighRadio.com On the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is a Colorado nonprofit corporation formed by Julie and Doug Hutchison to help individuals, particularly children and young adults who have epilepsy. The main focus is to raise funds to provide grants for trained seizure response dogs that may be able to detect an oncoming seizure and provide warnings and or respond after the onset. The foundation also provides MFIT monitors for those in need. MFIT movement monitors are the latest 
latest technology for monitoring an individual who, during sleep, may experience seizures, which a caregiver or family member should be alerted to. The Chelsea Hutchison Foundation is named for Julie and Doug's beloved daughter, Chelsea, who died in her sleep during a seizure in April of 2009. The cause of her death is called SUDEP, or Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy. During the six years that Chelsea had seizures, no one had ever told the Hutchisons that a seizure could take her life. As a result of that omission, the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation raises SUDEP awareness so other families are not blindsided in the same way that they were. For more information on the Chelsea Hutchison Foundation, please click on the banner ad right here on milehighradio.com. Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, Screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your. And we are back, and thank you for being my friend. If we're not friends, why the heck not? Um, it's very easy to connect with me. Go to my website, which is just debcareer.com, and you'll find all the links. You can also go to my About Me page, which is about.me slash deb.career, and find me there. But we also want to know how we can connect with today's guest, who is Eric Rader from the Mighty Eighth Media. Eric, tell us how we find more about Mighty Eighth and how we can connect with it, and with you absolutely. if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, uh, my Facebook page is just uh, facebook.com slash Eric Rader, and the same with uh, the LinkedIn page. So if you just type in Eric Rader, um, and this is something that Deb taught me about um, LinkedIn, which is something I should have known, but, you know, it's always good to know something that you don't know. But um, they typically will uh, list um, the searches on LinkedIn through relevancy. So if, uh, if someone is on LinkedIn a lot, usually you get popped to the very top of whatever list of who it is you're looking for. So, again, based on my um, networking nerdiness, I am always typically at the very top. No, no other Eric Rader has taken that <laughs> throne from me quite yet, but uh, maybe there's some that are listening that would like to give it a try. But, <laughs> but um, And then as far as Mighty Eighth, uh, our web address is www. M as in mighty, the number eight, and then th.com, so m8.com. So it's a very short and very easy uh, web address, and that will bring you to our page. And then you can like our Facebook or follow us on Twitter or connect to our company LinkedIn page through uh, our website. All of those links are prominently displayed right on our front page. Great. You know, and that does bring up a, a quick thought. 
there are so many websites that I go to who are on all the various social media sites, but it is next to impossible to find their links. They have them on the contact us, on the about us. You know, now maybe that's because they're not active and they don't really want to drive people there. But if you are a business and you are actively using social media, make it easy for people to find you. You know, especially if you have a name where it, it's a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's so important to have it just, you know, right there so that when people go there, you know, they can see that stuff because, I mean, you know, we look at our Google Analytics, we can tell people have been on our homepage for, you know, a certain amount of time, and we see it happen all the time where people will go to our homepage, they'll stay on there for 10 seconds, and the first thing they click on is our Facebook page or, yep. you know. Oh, that was me today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it just the the data just shows that people are driven to that because, again, that's how they want to be marketed to. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's talk about LinkedIn. And first, I want to mention the fact you know you you alluded to it there at the the start of of this segment, how you and I connected. And I talked about it at the start of the program. And you know, some of my listeners know how I've done this, but I want to go through it again real quick. When I knew that I was moving from Denver to Atlanta, I actively started building out my LinkedIn network. And so I started a year ago. You know, we were fortunate that we were given 15 months notice before we were moving. So I went to LinkedIn and I, you know, I went to the advanced search feature and I put in a zip code. You know, I think it was Marietta, Georgia. It was just one of those places we were looking at. And I told it I wanted to find people within 10 miles of that zip code because I know that Atlanta is pretty congested. And I thought, you know, 10, 10 miles would probably do it. And it came up with all these names. And it seems very random. It's just, you know, now we'll come up with any first degree connections first and then second degree and third degree. But then it really does seem like, you know, how the heck did these people get on this list? Well, it's not random at all. It is very much a product of how LinkedIn wants people to connect. So it comes up with the the list of names based on how active someone is on LinkedIn and how complete their profile is. So that's why Eric's profile came up really high because he's very active on LinkedIn. So I sent, you know, all these little uh, requests to connect to about 50 people every time I would do it. I would tell them why I wanted to connect, you know, and that's key. Don't just send somebody a request to connect on any of the sites without saying why. You know, we're we're getting more and more into the habit, I think, of screening out people. So tell people, you know, why you want to connect with someone. But I put in there, you know, moving from Denver to Atlanta, just expanding my connections. That was all I did. Every single one of those people connected with me to a person. You know, I, I kept track and I, you know, obviously I did this on purpose. But then when I got here, I sent those same people a note and I said, I'm here and I would love to treat you to coffee to find out more about you and how I can use your product or your service. You know, never once did I say, I want to tell you about me. I want to sell you what I do, any of that. I wanted to find out about them. And Eric was not only the first person to respond, you know, you really were the first person that I met with in Atlanta. You set the bar high, my friend. You know, it was such a great meeting that I thought this is this really is going to work for me to move to Atlanta. Fantastic, yeah, and, and I agree. And I mean, it was, it's. I, I try to do a couple of things with LinkedIn. I mean, I you know I'm on there pretty much all the time, but you know I try to treat it very much like we treat you know the way that we work with clients here, in that you know we use it as a tool to network, but then. Ultimately, if you can, if you have the capability, and oftentimes we don't get the, you know, we're not 
presented with that luxury, so to speak. But if you can actually meet face-to-face with that person, it's so much nicer in so many ways because you can really kind of connect with them. And it's just like when I was talking to you, I mean, you were telling me about all the different things that you do and all the capabilities that you have. And, you know, and we do social media here as a company, but there are certain things that, you know, we could utilize you as a resource and vice versa. And I think that, you know, to be able to make that type of connection is is fantastic. So when you reached out to, to me and said, hey, I'm moving to town, I said, great. This sounds like a great person to know. And, and you know, if nothing else, I knew that it, you would, you know, you would send out a tweet about me or, you know, a blog or maybe even ask me on a radio show or something. So Yes, yes, yes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was a great connection. And, you know, I, I find myself in so many different situations where I connect with someone online. And if they're, if they're local, and especially if they are a part of a business or an organization that I definitely want to know more about, I'll do exactly what you did, Deb, and that's, you know, say, hey, let's meet up, let's have coffee, let's have lunch, let's, you know, connect in some other way so that, you know, when you think of me, you think, oh, I know this bald guy, he's a he's a pretty clever guy, I should, <laughs> you know, send him business or just remember him, so. Well, and to me, because LinkedIn is the professional site, it's safer to do that, you know, and, and so I can yeah. connect with people and I can say, hey, let's get together for coffee. And I'm not going to be worried about, is this the wrong person that I want to connect with? Now, you know, knock on wood, I've never had anything, you know, happen. But that is much better than, you know, just kind of randomly telling somebody on Facebook, hey, let's get together for coffee, unless, you know, there's something else you have in mind. But, you know, LinkedIn really is a professional site. And what intrigues me, and I'll admit, I haven't been doing this. So this is why I want to talk about business pages on LinkedIn. Tell me how to get one started because you have one. Uh, Mighty Eighth Media has a business page. Tell me how to get it started and what the benefits are that you see to this. Absolutely, yeah. And you know the 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 biggest benefit to having a business page on LinkedIn is it gives you just one more opportunity to get in front of people. And you know when when I connect with someone on LinkedIn and if it's someone that's in an industry that. I want to connect with and they either may not know me or I'm a referral to them from another contact on LinkedIn or whatever it may be, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to initially take a peek at my profile, see what I'm all about, and then they're going to see where I work. And then when they actually go to um, or click on, like if you go to any LinkedIn profile and it says who you are, it gives you a couple of uh opportunities to talk a little bit about yourself and what you do, but the main thing that it does is it says, this is where this person works, and then that links back to your company profile, and within that company profile, it's more based on who the company is, what capabilities they have, and again, you might find some of that in the individual profile that you initially linked to that from, but ultimately, it gives a company the ability to kind of dive a little bit deeper and say, these are all the things that we're capable of. So, for example, on my profile, it says that, you know, that we do social media. It says that we do branding. It says that we do um, uh, websites and mobile apps and things like that. But on our on our page, it goes in a little bit more depth with that and says, you know, these are our capabilities. And then you can also see who works at that company. So you could see kind of what their backgrounds are potentially. And that's 
tremendously helpful. I mean, you know, for me as a business development person, when I'm researching a different company or if I'm connected with someone, the first thing that I do is I see who that person's connected with. And then I'll go to their um, their company page and look at, look at their company page and then see all the different types of people that are associated with that particular company. And there's a lot of information that you can gather from that. And from a, a business standpoint, I mean, it's it's crucial information that can really, you know, determine whether or not that company may do business with you or whatever it might be. And a lot of people see that in such – or a lot of people don't see that you can see the other people that they're maybe looking at or they're connecting to, for example. And I see it all the time. Someone will call us and will connect to me, for example, and then I can see that they've connected to – for other people in my industry, and then I can say, oh, I know what I do different than these other companies. So now I can kind of tailor my um, approach and the way that I talk to this person to focus on things that I know that either we're better at or that, you know, we specialize in more. Well, and of course, one of the cool things for somebody, you know, looking for a job is you can post job openings on a LinkedIn page. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, and uh, I think I may have told you this the first time that we met for coffee. The way that I actually got this position here at Mighty Eighth was through LinkedIn. I, um, you know, was just kind of poking around in the job section and saw the name, and I thought, that sounds kind of interesting. And so the first thing that I did, before I even, I didn't apply to the job, I didn't do anything. The first thing that I did is I went to the website, and as soon as I went to the website, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is definitely a place that looks like I can have fun <laughs> and I can enjoy what I want to do. So, um, you know, and based on that is when, you know, I applied for the job. And then once I applied for the position, then I went to that company page and then I looked at everybody in the company and I looked at kind of what their backgrounds were, what they had done and things like that. And so on my first interview, I knew where people in the company had worked at previously. I knew kind of what their backgrounds were, and I was able to really kind of tailor the way that I spoke to them based on what I knew that their backgrounds were. So it just gives right. you the opportunity to be a lot more informed going into a, a business relationship. Well, and, you know, whether you're applying for a job or you're wanting to, to uh, you know, sell that uh, business, something that you have, you know, all those various things, the more prepared you are before you go in, the better it is, you know, because if you're competing with people who aren't prepared. And if, you know, if I walked in and was, you know, interviewing for a position at Mighty Eighth Media and was talking to, oh, you know, let me click on this person here. Say I'm talking to Jonathan Holmes, who is the partner in the, in uh, business strategy. So it looks like he's probably the founder. You know, I can look in here and see that he has a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration, you know, that he went to University of South Carolina, all these little tidbits, then I can bring those up when he's talking to me. And companies and people love the fact that you have researched them in advance. You know, you've done your homework on them. And it's so easy here on LinkedIn to be able to do all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that from a marketing standpoint, it's 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 so important to make sure that that information is is correct. But then as you're going in, you know, and, and I've seen this happen many times in my business where I will go into a company and I've done that research and I've really looked to see who these people are and what they're all about. And I'll go in and I'll say something and, you know, and it might be an opportunity that I'm I'm talking to them about updating their website and I'll mention something and they'll, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, that information's about, 
three years old, and and I'll say, well, really? (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be like, well, this is the perfect opportunity for me to say it's time to update your website. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, people, sometimes they either get busy or they forget about these things, but the ability to find that information is, you know, there's never been a time in history where you can truly get that much information about a company or a person easily before you actually sit down and meet with them. Right. And it's really imperative because it shows that you're truly interested in what they are and what they do and, and interested in their business. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just makes you stand out from the crowd. You know, Whether you're you know, trying to sell a product or service or become a business partner or an employee or any of those things, there's so much competition that you have to do whatever it takes. You know, before I go to any meeting, especially if it's somebody I've never met or maybe it's somebody I haven't met with in, in quite a while, you know, I get there, I'm sitting in the car, sitting in their waiting room, whatever, and I get out my, my smartphone and I look up their profile on LinkedIn. You know, I want to see what's going on and I really do cringe when I know it's out of date because it's like really, you know, it, now obviously it depends on what they're doing. But for some people, I just look at it and I think, you know, you could do so much more with this great tool that is <clears throat> free. You know? yeah. um, and, and people just don't take advantage of that. But that comes back to the time question. You know, so many people say we can't do this because it takes too much time. What do you tell people who say that to you? You know, we can't use Facebook to market our business. I can't update my LinkedIn profile. It takes too much time, blah, blah, blah. What do you yeah. tell them? I'll, I'll give you a. They'll spend 15 minutes telling me example. it doesn't take that. You know, it takes too much time. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you know, and here's a fantastic example that just happened last week. Um, there's a guy that I met at um, a, a business association that I go to, and he is just moved here from Tampa. And you know, and as you know, Deb, I mean, I'm relatively new to the Atlanta area. I've mm-hmm. been here almost three years now, and. Um, you know, one of the first things that I did when I got here was do exactly what you did. I started to build my network to try to find out who's who in the area and try to figure out, you know, how they can help me or how I can help them, that kind of thing. And um, he says, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I got to Atlanta about two months ago, and I've just been doing all these networking events and going to all these places and meeting people. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, well, what kind of – I was like, do you often use LinkedIn to, you know, connect with people? And he's like – no, I just don't really see any value in it. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You come into the Atlanta market, <laughs> your goal is to network with people. And I said, you know, how many people are you seeing on a daily basis? He's like, well, I might go to two or three networking events a week. And I'm like, okay, we'll say out of those networking events, you walk away with two or three people that you say, okay, these are great people. I need to do business with them. I need to keep them in my Rolodex or whatever it is. But I said, you know, Think of that on a almost a nationwide scale, and especially within or on an Atlanta scale. I mean, you can connect with these people, you can find these people, and then set up meetings with them. And I said, you know, that's what LinkedIn is all about: is networking with people and understanding what they do, but understanding it from a level of, you know, this is not only what they're doing now; this is what they've done in the past. And to say, you know, I can connect with this person because this person, you know, may not be in this industry now, but they may know someone in this industry. And then I can, I might be able to get business from that particular industry that they used to be in or whatever it might be. But you would never know that had you not, you know, talked to that person. 
And so I actually met with this guy last week and actually helped him set up his first LinkedIn profile. And one of the things that I told him that is incredible about LinkedIn is if you go out and you meet someone at a networking event, you shake their hand, you get their business card, you know that person right then. You know exactly what they've done. But if then you take that business card and you go back to your desk or your computer or your smartphone even and you add that person, then now you know that that person is maybe connected to six other people that you're connected with in that town or they used to work at a business that you've been trying to get into for the last three or four years and has had no success and now this person just so happens to be, you know, uh, was a former direct report of the CEO, CEO of this company that you're trying to get into. And it just really takes networking to another level because instead of having to ask them those questions like, where have you worked before? Who do you know? You know, how many people do you know in this town? That kind of thing. You can see a snapshot on their profile and it says, you're connected to this person by six people or ten people or second-degree connections of 25 people. And you can see exactly how that person can truly benefit you, but then you can also see how you can benefit that person. And that's right. really what networking is about. You know, and, and I think that's where people forget about LinkedIn is they think, well, I'm networking. You know, it's okay if I'm going to network like that, you know, it, when I'm looking for a job, but then they totally forget that once they have a job, it's an even better tool. You know, I lose track of the number of times people say, hey, Deb, you know, you're so well connected. Do you know somebody at X company? And I always look at them and I say, have you tried LinkedIn? Yeah. Half the time I get a yes. Half the time I get a ah, look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I get that you know, look occasionally. Yeah, you know, there's so many times when it makes it a really great connection, especially if there's a, <coughs> excuse me, somebody who can a mutual acquaintance or something like that. But LinkedIn is so powerful and so big that it's hard not to find somebody that you're connected to if you're pretty active on LinkedIn. Now, you know, if you're on LinkedIn and you've got 20 connections, eh, maybe not so much. That's why you do have to, to aim for, you know, the, the 500 plus mark. Don't panic at that, those people who are listening. It's not that hard to get 500 plus. Um, you know, if you actively spend, you know, two or three weeks at it, you can hit that number really pretty fast. Um, and you know, making them good connections. I also, anytime I go to a networking event, I go back to my computer and within 24 hours, I look them up on LinkedIn. I don't look them up on Facebook. I don't look them up on Twitter. You know, people use those for, for different reasons, but I find them on LinkedIn and I send them a request to connect. And I always remind them, hey, we met yesterday at, you know, whatever the event was or, you know, when, whenever it took place. And because, you know, we all have the attention span of a gnat. And if I don't remind them, they might not remember me. So I really want to, to give that little reminder to them because then they'll connect back. Now they might not really use LinkedIn. You know, that is, it, it will show me how active they are by how quickly they respond. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of bad kids because I've got probably 10 invites here waiting for me to, to connect with them. But I also just don't uh, connect. I go and I look at their profile and I see, yeah. you know, how this person, you know, how we could maybe be a, a good business partner or how they might have a product or service I might want to use. So I do go and look at those. So that's why I tend to, to kind of, you know, get a bunch and then do them all at once. But it, you know, it's not going to take somebody a long time. <laughs> you can spend 10, 15 minutes a day and have a pretty good profile going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that 
you know, you just want to put the relevant information on there, but you want to have something on there. And the other thing that I always tell people is it's really important to have a picture. <laughs> I mean, and some a people good picture. don't have a picture. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, some people just don't have it. Like, I'm not going to put a picture on there. And I'm like, you know, again, that kind of goes back to, like, what we were saying earlier in the call. If people want to connect with people, and if you're just like this nameless, faceless person that's just kind of out there in cyberspace, then you are that nameless, faceless person that's, you know, the same as all those other nameless, faceless, nameless people. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to have, you know, a picture. I mean, you know, like you said, a good picture. But also, um, you know, to kind of talk about some of your strengths and some of the things that you do. And then the other part that I think that's really, really important as far as LinkedIn goes is to, you know, participate in groups. And you were talking a second ago about, you know, how to get to those 500 connections. There's been discussions that I've opened up in different groups that I've just said, okay, well, you know, here's a question that came up today that I didn't really know the answer for. So I'm going to post this on this particular group and see what other people's suggestions are, what they have to say about it. And, you know, I've posted conversations that have had, you know, five or 600 people commenting and they still comment today. And I remember one time I posted a conversation that just went crazy. It just went nuts. People were talking back and forth forever. And out of that one discussion group, I probably got 60 different people that connected to me. And when they would connect to me, they would say, hey, I was reading your discussion in this group, or they would connect from that group, and they would ask a question about the discussion. And it was great because it did exactly what we were talking about earlier, and it presented me as a thought leader in that industry or, you know, something because I've mentioned something that people are saying, hey, this is a great topic. Let's talk about this more. And that's, I mean, right. that's a perfect way to get a lot of great people to kind of add you, but relevant people that understand what you do and how you do it, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Well, and I think it's important, especially on LinkedIn, to to really have a good reason to connect with somebody. You know, it shouldn't just be, you know, some random person that, you know, because LinkedIn, of course, like all the other sites, gives you suggestions for people. But, you know, if it's true networking, it should be somebody that makes sense. Um, you know, now sometimes it might not, but you're thinking, you know, in the future, maybe this is a good person. But I, you know, just like before I connect with somebody, before I make a request to connect, I go and I look at their profile. Does this make sense? Are they active? I mean, if I can tell that they have not been on LinkedIn in, you know, a year or two, I'm not going to send them a request to connect because you only get 3,000 of those ever. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't want to waste them on somebody who isn't going to connect back with me. Um, you know, and, and so I really do go and look at their profiles, but I look to see, you know, why would this be a good connection? Um, did they go to the same university? Do we have the same likes? You know, all of those various things. And, and so it's okay to put those things in your LinkedIn profile, you know, b- build it out in a professional way that shows your, your interests also. You know, you've got on there your, your nonprofit affiliations. I've got those on mine. Again, we're giving people a reason to know, like, and trust us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's really the, the name of the game. Great. Well, any final tips? You know, it's amazing. We just chatter away and, you know, anytime I ask somebody to be a guest on my program, they say, well, gee, I can't talk for an hour. And we get to the hour and we're not even, you know, and we barely scratch the surface. So, you know, here we are, top of the hour. (laughs) Any final thoughts for maybe somebody, uh, who's, on the various platforms, but they're a little scared of it, they're a little leery. What do you tell somebody who thinks, 
gee, you know, I'm just not sure about using social media as a business tool? I tell them that it is by far the most effective and least expensive way to get your information out in front of someone. And, you know, and, you know, and if you are kind of teetering back and forth, the question is, is not whether or not you should be doing it, but really how you should be doing it. Right. And, you know, there's tons of information out there that tells you, but then, you know, there's people out there that do this on a daily basis, like you, Deb, or, you know, our company. Or you guys. To a mm-hmm. certain extent. And, I mean, you know, that's what, you know, that's why we're out here doing this stuff every day so that we can help other people out there. So, you know. Give us a call. Give me a call. Give Deb a call. You know, we'll be glad to help you out. And there's tons of other people in your area. There's probably someone that's across the street from you that is completely obsessed with LinkedIn. (laughs) Or, you know, there's probably a teenager in your life that knows more about Facebook than anybody knows on the planet. So, (laughs) I mean, you know, just utilize the resources that you have, but definitely utilize them. Definitely. Well, one last time, how do we find you and how do we find your business? Absolutely. Um, Mighty 8th is, uh, if you just Google Mighty 8th Media, you can find us that way. But also, if you just go directly to our website, which is www.m, the number 8, and then th.com, so that's mh.com. And then uh, to find me, actually, and this is something that uh, is, a, is a certainly a good ending note, um, all LinkedIn uh, profiles are searchable through Google. So if you just type in my name, which is Eric Rader, E-R-I-C, and then R-A-D-E-R, the first thing that will pop up more than likely is going to be my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Great. You know, and, and that's the final tip for everybody is you want to be found, so make sure that they find you with the information you want them to find. You know, Do you want them to find your professional LinkedIn profile or do you want them to find something that you're not all that proud of? So make sure that it's your good professional stuff. Great. Well, Eric, thank you so much, and we will definitely have you on again in the future. Fantastic, Deb. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, and enjoy your day. Bye-bye. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>